0: Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Christian Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan. Um, it's been a busy week. Um, my my laptop. I had to I had to get that thing figured out. Um, had to reset it, do a complete refresh, reinstall of Windows. Um, I'm working on learning how to do some coding. So I had to get some things figured out with that and it just took me a little bit longer than it should have. We also had our little harvest um, from our garden where we had quite a few Jerusalem artichokes or sun chokes, whatever you like to call them. If you haven't heard of those, they're uh, an amazing prepper item, a good prepper food to have in your garden and they grow like weeds, very prolific. Um, I've heard the word even invasive used, which is, that's the kind of stuff I like to plant because it's kind of idiot proof, right? As the army would say, it's idiot proof. Um, we we took a bunch of those and we have pickled them. My My wife's been a rock star pickling a bunch of those things. Uh, we dug them up out of the garden and just started immediately. I had my boys, you know, we, we, we turned on a show and they were sitting there with buckets full of of Jerusalem artichokes and water scrubbing away. And then we'd chop them up and we had a good assembly line going. Um, putting away some some harvest. Uh, doing it that way makes them last a good year or So And they taste really good. If you haven't had them, you really should try it plant a couple of those things where you're not worried about them taking over an area and uh, give it a try. It's really fun. But it's been busy, it's been busy. We put up Christmas decorations. Yeah, we're, we're those type of people. Um, There's so much work to put those suckers up that it's like, if I'm going up into the attic and I'm getting down all the Christmas decoration, I'm doing it for more than a, a you know, two, three weeks, We're, we're gonna make a big full two months out of this deal, so, so that's what we've done, it's, it's been quite busy, um, Christmas shopping, of course, getting ready for Thanksgiving, all that good stuff, but I did want to, um, I did want to get in here and to be able to, to give my thoughts and, and feelings and my notes, um, on the last uh midweek spiritual boost that that we had which was um titled a framework for personal revelation by Elder Renland um and well before we get started we do have some new some new subscribers uh welcome great to have you guys um we are here to strengthen and and build each other up we're here to get those people who Might be struggling, who are having a hard time, maybe, or on the fence. I think that we're living in a time when we just need to speak the truth, right? Satan is really attacking what truth even is. And it's, you know, you, you hear the term my truth. Truth is becoming this, uh, as Satan would have us believe, a subjective thing and it's not. Truth is very objective, right? And I have discovered that truth is a powerful tool. And that when it is spoken uh boldly, you know, when when it is is proclaimed boldly, that it has the power through the Spirit to convince people of the truth and to, to light a fire under them in a way that is truly miraculous and that's that's what we're trying to do here so i don't go on a whole lot of tangents i purposely stay away from a lot of the what i would call the fun stuff right um talking about fallen angels and and watchers and nephilim and stuff like that i i i I will never go into that type of stuff you know because of where I believe we're at in history, in in this last dispensation, um, we're in the last days of the last days. I I just I'm, I'm focusing on the good stuff. I'm focusing on the the gospel of Christ as taught by by the prophet, the apostles, by Christ himself. Right, that that foundational stuff is what we're after. I'll leave other YouTubers to speak on the other stuff. Um, I do give my thoughts once in a while i'll i'll if there's something on my heart. I will go ahead and put something out but really where I want you you newcomers and 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 old subscribers alike, the important meat and the the focus of this channel is going to be on the words of the prophets uh those who were invited to speak in general conference um We're we're focusing on the gospel of Jesus Christ as revealed by those who are in authority to be able to reveal the gospel of Jesus Christ and give us clarity and and give us the messages that Christ would have us hear if he were here now amongst us. Um, So so always hit up those midweek spiritual boosts first and then take notes on them. And then come back and let's compare notes as I read through and, and give my thoughts on on the talks. And then, if you if you want to listen to me ramble on about something, then go have at it. That's that's fine too. Um, but as always, I, I I I stress that if anything, if I ever mistakenly say something. Um, If there is ever a conflict between anything I say and anything the brethren say, they are right and I am wrong. Period. Full stop. That is 100% my stance. If if they come out and say something and it is contrary to what I have perhaps said, then take their word for it, not mine. And, And with that... Let us go ahead and get into the into the meat of 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 the discussion today. Let's let's get into Elder Renlund's talk. Okay. Got it pulled up here on my laptop that has been recently redone. We need to understand the framework within which the Holy Ghost functions. When we operate within the framework, the Holy Ghost can unleash astonishing insight. So that's kind of the, the the quote that they pull out of the talk, right, or like the the summary that they give you before you jump into the talk. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect because this the stuff that we are getting from general conference, it is stuff that we need to understand. It's not something we need to listen to and just say, "Oh, great. That was a what a great general conference. Now I'm going to move on with my life. We need to take this stuff and we need to apply it. And we need to take all of our notes that we take with this stuff and put it into like a spiritual survival guide for for the foreseeable future. There's a lot of stuff that these guys are talking about that if if every member of the church were to take seriously and start applying it, a lot of the problems that we're having right now would be non-issues. That they would have never... It would have never poofed into existence, right? There's a lot more to say, but I'm going to hold back a little bit. I'm going to hold back and get into this talk. Like many of you, I have been greatly influenced by Elder Didier F. Uchtdorf over the years. That explains, at least in part, what I'm about to say. So with apologies to him. Well-trained airplane pilots fly within the capacity of their aircraft and follow directions from air traffic controllers regarding runway use and flight path. (laughs) I love that. I love that he just, he totally just, uh, just unapologetically, he, he goes into an awesome metaphor using airplanes and he totally owns the fact that he's he's still in uh, Elder Ukdof's Elder Uchtdorf's Thunder. I love it. I love stuff like that. And you know what airplane analogies they they just work. They're fantastic and this one is no different. It just absolutely works. Simply stated, pilots operate within their within a framework no matter how brilliant or talented they are. Only by flying within this framework can pilots safely unleash the enormous potential of an airplane to accomplish its miraculous objectives. So, in my notes here, off to the side, I looked up the the definition of what a framework actually is, right? Uh, The first definition, an essential supporting structure of a building, vehicle, or object. Uh, Quote, a conservatory in a delicate framework of iron. Okay, and then another explanation. A basic structure underlying a system, concept, or text. So, this is very important to understand. Very important to understand. We are seeing, and we have seen, a lot of... Movement in the, um, in the church space by people who are unauthorized, who are claiming to have revelations, um, gifts, and, and extraordinary manifestations of the Spirit. And they are writing books, they are putting th- these things out, they're gathering followings. And the trend seems to be, in some cases, that they then slowly, slowly separate their followers from the brethren. And they will say things like, oh, that the the church has been infiltrated, that the leadership has been infiltrated by Gadianton, by the secret combinations and stuff like that. And then their personal lives pro- proceed to fall apart. They get divorced. They they lose everything. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that that in itself is a is a clue or a red flag. But if and I've said this before. If I wore the the uh, the red jersey with the D on it, right? And I worked for the other side, and I wasn't trying to bring people to Christ. I would go after the covenant people, and I would try to separate them from the foundation. Now, it wouldn't be easy at first to separate them from from Christ you would you really would have to start with with those lesser pillars right if you can separate people from the mouthpiece from the rest of the foundation from from apostles then you can pretty much make up your own doctrine and you can do whatever you want you get a a chad daybell you know slippery slope Which is some freaky stuff. Um, I'm grateful for this talk because it describes... Number one, it tells us that there is a framework, right? We need to understand what a framework is, okay? It's an essential supporting structure of a building, vehicle, or object. So keep that in mind as we go forward here and he's going to give us a formula or a blueprint or what have you in how to proceed under that framework right and it's it really is plain and precious stuff to understand but stuff that so many of our brothers and sisters are completely negating and and just trampling under their feet and are in some cases um using to lead people away with flax and cords away from Christ. So, continuing on. In a similar way, we receive personal revelation within a framework. After baptism, we are given a majestic yet practical gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. As we strive to stay on the covenant path, it is the Holy Ghost that will show us all things that we should do. Pause. I have heard this argument used against uh, the brethren. How they say, Well, I'm going to pray about it and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna see what kind of answer I get. We live in interesting times. We we really do. We live in a time when we have some incredible scriptures at our disposal that we can look at. We can see the children of Israel as they completely take the counsel of Moses and you want to talk about pearls before swine in some of these stories, in some of these instances. I've said it before in previous podcasts and I'll say it again. We we attack and we ridicule and we, we go after the children of Israel and we think, man, what morons, you know what I mean? Like, are you serious again? We're doing the same thing, brothers and sisters. We are literally doing the exact same thing that our ancestors did, our forefathers. That blood runs in our veins. Whether you believe that that you are through adoption or that you literally have that blood in your veins. It's there. It's there and we are repeating a lot of these same mistakes. And if you look around in, in the church world, you will see that it's happening again and again and again. And it blows my mind that we can look back with 2020 vision on our our forefathers and see them screwing up and making these mistakes. I mean look at look at Aaron and and Miriam, right? The prophet's siblings. And they even say, "Hey, we're we're prophets too," right? And they get a pretty strong rebuke from Jehovah. Miriam actually even gets uh struck with leprosy, right? And they're like, "Hey, the Lord, uh, he backs up his prophet and says, Hey, this is my prophet, you know. Incredible story. If you, if you haven't read that, go back to the Old Testament and read that. That is a very, very strong indication of how the Lord feels about his chosen uh, anointed ones, right? And if even strong ones like, like those two, the siblings of the prophet Moses have thoughts like that I, I we really need to be on guard we need to really be on guard um we will we'll come back to that we'll revisit that but i just want to impress that upon your minds that we need to be very careful about how we proceed when we are when we are operating within our framework right in the framework for personal revelation we need to be extremely careful and don't overestimate your abilities don't be prideful in in your your own strength right continuing on i wrote a note that says don't sleep on this statement okay allow this statement the attention it deserves okay clicking on this the Holy Ghost this is just I think it's from the Bible dictionary. The Holy Ghost is a third member of the Godhead. It is the okay, excuse me, the Holy Ghost is the third member of the Godhead, is often referred to as the Spirit or the Spirit of God, and performs vital roles in the plan of salvation. He bears witness of the Father and the Son, reveals the truth of all things, sanctifies those who have repented and been baptized, and is the Holy Spirit of promise. also if you go to where it's talking I highlighted Covenant Path right that has been a theme that has been um, talked about a lot if you look through the general conference and you start doing little uh, like if you go to your your web browser and you do Control-F right and you start looking for Covenant Path you're going to see it all over the place that's important that's we need to take note of that right we need to understand what that is. Um, is second nephi thirty-one nineteen through 21 mosiah 4 8 there is no other way whereby we can be saved in the kingdom of god wishing otherwise would not create an alternate path okay there's one way there is one covenant path and that is prescribed by christ and was given as the gospel of Jesus Christ to his servants his chosen servants right those who who have authority to lead and act in in his name this is important simple stuff that we need to pay attention to guys when we are unsure or uneasy we can ask god for help Okay, that's fairly straightforward, fairly simple, right? The Savior's promise could not be clearer. Ask, and it shall be given you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. With the help of the Holy Ghost, we can transform our divine nature into our eternal destiny. Pause. Highlight that. And put a couple exclamation points on there. That is a huge statement. Don't sleep on that statement, okay? We need to remember that we are... We are... Immortal beings having a mortal experience. And it is no mistake that we are here at this time. We are here to learn, to grow, to be tested, right? Um... I went to the temple with my with my bride uh, last Thursday. I was lucky enough to have work that they they um, they recognized Veterans Day obviously on Friday, but the, but they also gave it off on Thursday as well. So it worked out really nice. I was I I am a veteran, and it was nice to be able to have that time off and. And it was nice to be able to go to the temple on a Thursday rather than a Friday and stuff, but it was really cool because we got to be the witness couple. And it it helps me pay attention a lot more to everything as you go through the endowment ceremony and as you as you see things transpire there to where you you get a microcosm of your own life right you you see the things adam and eve went through and the tests and the trials that they had and it's absolutely analogous to us you know we are absolutely immortal beings we are divine creatures right we have a divine nature and we have an eternal destiny that we that we can partake of if we follow the commandments as prescribed by God the Father, as, as He gives them to Jesus Christ, and as Jesus Christ utilizes His blueprint for a foundation. Prophets, apostles, right? It is how He does things. It's very extremely important to understand that, that that is part of the framework with how we receive personal revelation. Okay, moving on. The promise of personal revelation through the Holy Ghost is awe-inspiring, much like an airplane in flight. And like airplane pilots, we need to understand the framework within which the Holy Ghost functions to provide personal revelation. When we operate within the framework, the Holy Ghost can unleash. Pause. That's a very strong word there. That's a very powerful word that he uses there. He doesn't say that the Holy Ghost can whisper, that the Holy Ghost can hint, right? He says he says when we operate within the framework the Holy Ghost can unleash, right? Let loose the dogs of war, okay? That's that's a feeling I get when I read that. Right? Release the Kraken, right? <laughs> For you clash of the Titan fans. Um the Holy Ghost can unleash astonishing in, astonishing insight, direction, and comfort. Powerful statement. And I, I hope that you would underline or highlight that because this is one of those things that is, it's not a, it's not a maybe. It's not a, you know, this is not a tentative or a, a weak offering of the Spirit. Okay, this is a promise by someone who has apostolic authority, saying, when we operate within this framework, the Holy Ghost can unleash astonishing insight, direction, and comfort, okay? That's an exclamation point right there. Outside of that framework, no matter our brilliance or talent, we can be deceived and crash and burn. On my... uh on my notes, I wrote, boom, exclamation point. <laughs> we are watching this happen right now. Like examples on YouTube and social media, we are watching the philosophies of men leading the way, even amongst our brethren and sisters. I'm telling you, if you're not going to the temple regularly, you, you, you're missing out. You're missing out because you will be reminded of some really simple stuff some really simple stuff if our first parents Adam and Eve and we know Adam was Michael right he was on a a whole he was on his own level right he was up there with the big dogs okay he was up there with the big dogs So much so that he was chosen to be the the father of mankind, right? He is our, our first father, our first progenitor. If he and Mother Eve had need of special witnesses of Christ, if they had the need to have a foundation given to them, given by the mouth of apostles and a prophet, I might add. How much more have need, do we have that need, right? I mean, you never want to compare yourself to anybody, but if these guys, if our first parents had a need like that, then we absolutely one hundred and twenty percent have that same need more so we we more so have that need because those philosophies of men are abounding and they are mingled with scripture in some cases. they are usually tied to strong emotion, right enabled to to get us to not think through things, and they um very oftentimes they want to circum circumvent faith they want to circumvent the foundation the prophets the apostles and ultimately to get us away from from the true doctrine of christ to lead you with flaxen cords down into a being in a position of being damned right and that that sounds harsh but all 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 a dam does is stop progression right and that's the goal here is to stop progression and i really like how he says that it doesn't matter how brilliant um or talented that you are like you if you are not in the cockpit of that plane and you are not using the instruments at your disposal and you're just kind of winging it right no pun intended you're gonna run into trouble. You're going to run into trouble. Okay, going to the next part. The scriptures from the first element of this framework. Or excuse me, the scriptures form the first element of this framework for personal revelation. Okay, in my notes I said, take notes. He is going to tell you what the framework actually is. Don't sleep on this, okay brothers and sisters just just a pause for a minute this is what i'm talking about and this this goes for me as well right when we consume the apostolic council we need to actually consume it right like, like ezekiel did right when he had that vision he's given a mission from god and they give him a book and he eats the book right <laughs> he, he eats it that's very symbolic we need to consume the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Especially these messages that are given to us in our day for us, right? This is modern day scripture for us. We need to consume this stuff. We need to take it in, into our bodies. It's spiritual nourishment. And it is, it is advice given to us in that exact hour of need. Okay, Prophets can see around corners, right? As Sherry Dew would say. Okay, continuing on. Feasting on the words of Christ as found in the scriptures stimulates personal revelation. Elder Robert D. Hell said, When we want to speak to God, we pray. And when we want Him to speak to us, we search the scriptures. Pause. I'm doing a lot of pausing here. This is going to probably take me forever to get through. But there is so much good stuff to get through here with this. And so much stuff to understand that is simple. It's plain. It's precious. And it forms. It, it really does form the armor of God, guys. It will protect us from all this this stuff that's happening out there. The philosophies of men. It will protect you against that. So, number one when we when we read the scriptures we are reading the words of prophets right now by themselves it really is nothing right it's ink on a on a piece of paper given by a fallible man okay those words are not special the thing that makes them special is what is standing behind those men that gave these words right or should I say that we're inspired to write these words, the the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? The great Jehovah, Yahweh. Okay. That is what gives these words power. That is what gives the, these words that we read supernatural power, uh, gives them an ability to bring us into alignment with Christ. Uh, Elder Bruce R. McConkie, one of my absolute all-time favorites, apostles, he, he gave a talk where he talked about how back in the day, and I totally remember this, I was born in the 80s, we used to have to get the the TV and the bunny ears, right? You had to get those antenna. That's what they called them, those antennas, for you younger folk. Those antennas were called bunny ears. And you had to mess with those bunny ears until you got that TV signal just right. And then you could step back and enjoy the show, right? You could enjoy watching your your Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. And he used that metaphor to say that, look, there is the Spirit is broadcasting. He is broadcasting all the time. Uh, fantastic revelation. He even went as far as to say that the revelations that have been given to Father Lehi, that have been given to Moses, that have been given to Abraham, like these, these incredible revelations that the tree of life, right? This amazing stuff. That this stuff is there. It's... It's like a a signal, right? It's like a television signal. And if you can tune in your rabbit, your spiritual rabbit ears, then you can start to receive a lot of this stuff. And going to the words of the prophets, of the ancient prophets in Scripture, there's something about that that just by its very nature offers you a closeness and a familiarity with the Holy Ghost. It's powerful. I don't know exactly how it works. There's there's a lot of this stuff that is beyond the veil that we can see. But the fact remains is that when we make the effort to read these words, there is a supernatural oneness happening. And we are brought a little bit closer into the presence of the Father, Right? It puts our mind into a mindset of being able to receive revelation. And I love that how he he says here, when, when when we want God to speak to us, we search the scriptures. Why is that, brothers and sisters? Ask yourself why. Can you answer that? How does that make sense? When you look through the scriptures, and you have a specific question in mind, and you search, there's a whole lot of people in there that had very similar um, issues and problems in their day that we have today. Very much so, there are a lot of analogous uh, problems situations, things that they dealt with, you know, yeah, we have technology, but we as people are the same, we have the same structure, or structures of society, we have, we have the same struggles, right, they might come in different packages now, but essentially, we are basically the same, we have the same weaknesses, and, and so on, and so forth, right, I could go on and on, but, We can find the answers, and I have had it before, where I felt as if the words I were reading, uh, one time in particular in in the Doctrine and Covenants, I felt like I was was absolutely having a conversation with my Father in Heaven. And the words that I read, it was almost freaky. (laughs) It was almost freaky but i absolutely 110% agree with that and and i can testify to that 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 is the truth you can receive answers to your prayers and revelation because not to go too deep not to go too too deep or too weird but you know god is he exists in in like a different for lack of a better word, dimension, right? We we exist in a spot where our spirits are in these these fleshy machines and we are taking in only what we were designed, what these fleshy machines were designed to take in. And we are bound by uh, constraints like time. We are bound by, by this simulation that we are this mortal simulation this mortal mortal program that we are in right now right and he is able to take our 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 god our father in heaven he and his son jesus christ they are able to to step into our reality into into this simulation and they are able to Take things that applied to one person in in Jerusalem 800 years before the birth of Christ, and they can use that to 110% answer a question that you are having in November 2022. And there is power behind it. It's not a mistake. It is not coincidence. It is real. It's It's a thing, right? Uh, Going to Joseph Smith's time in the 1800s, 1840s, and stuff like that, right? 1830s. We can read words, and we can read passages, and we can read about things that happened with them. And we can have those apply to us. That is a miracle, brothers and sisters. That's incredible, I'm getting long-winded here and I apologize, but I, I'm, I'm very passionate about this stuff because it is, it's is—it's plain, it's precious, and it makes sense. And it is miraculous and incredible. But don't sleep on that fact that you can, you can literally have communion through the Holy Ghost and through the Scriptures as a tool and receive answers to your prayers through the Scriptures. And it will be absolutely as if Heavenly Father were addressing you in person. A hundred and ten percent continuing on, and we ask for what is right and good okay that's a key that is a key right there okay if the um if the key you know the the keyhole and the mechanism are having the scriptures and having that be the you know the way that we're going to receive revelation from our Heavenly Father and have Him speak to us, then the key to that is asking for what is right and good, and not for what is contrary to God's will. We do not ask amiss with improper motives to promote our own agenda or to fulfill our own pleasure. Above all, we are to ask Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ, believing that He will receive, or that, excuse me, that we will receive. Okay? Plain and precious stuff, guys. It tastes good, okay? The doctrine that is being taught here tastes good. This is life-saving, spiritual life-saving stuff. A second element of the framework is that we receive personal revelation only within our purview and not within the pre... I'm going to slaughter this word. The pre... The, excuse me, prerogative of others, man. I struggle to to read that. For I can say it in a sentence, but reading it is killing me. Okay, in other words, we take off and land in our appointed runway. The importance of well-defined runways was learned early in the history of the revelation. Okay. Now this, brothers and sisters, um, this is a biggie, okay? And this ties into what I was talking about at the first, how there's a lot of people that are getting congregations of their own, almost. And it's weird, and it's it's very reminiscent of, like, Old Testament time stuff. And... You know, it it, it starts off innocent enough, I think, and I don't know that these people set out to do what they're wind up doing, but regardless of that fact, it it happens, right? They they wind up getting into some weird stuff. They wind up receiving revelation, you know, quote unquote revelation for their 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 followers and, and pretty soon they're doing their own thing. They're excommunicated, right? It's very... It's sad to see. It's sad to see. But it also is like... There is structure. We'll say it that way. There is structure. And there is a reason behind the framework... There is a reason behind as, as the New Testament puts it, I believe Second Thessalonians, you know, that, that foundation that we're talking about, Christ's blueprint for, for his foundation of, of his church. There's structure for a reason. It is not there as a suggestion. It is prescribed by the great Jehovah for a reason. It's so interesting. We have so many ideas and so many interpretations of scriptures flying around for a lot of really interesting stuff, Uh, especially when you go to the book of Revelations and stuff like that, right? I mean, just think about the fact that each dispensation or each seal, I should say, is a thousand years. That was something that was revealed to the prophet Joseph Smith in the Doctrine and Covenants. That took a prophet asking to figure that one out. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a lot of misunderstanding scripture. There's a lot of stuff. like The the need for somebody to be speaking and receiving revelation as a divinely appointed authoritative servant of Christ it's black and white it is 110% necessary to have something like that and when it wasn't on the earth the people at the time mourned for it that's how we got the protestant reformation like this stuff was known it was an accepted fact and it was the fertile soil that provided um that provided a place for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be restored and to thrive to where it could not be stamped out um just important stuff to remember uh, read read numbers uh, chapter 2 read numbers chapter 2 there's some analogous stuff in there that kind of paints a good picture for you i'm not going to read it cuz i am long-winded tonight apparently and i i need to get through this but bear with me as i as i go through some of this stuff um, he's going to give us the second element here, right? Or he, Excuse me, he's going to continue giving us the uh, more information about the second element. The importance of well-defined runways was learned early in the history of the Restoration. Hiram Page, now this is a good story, you guys need to read this. Hiram Page, one of the eight witnesses to the Book of Mormon, claimed to be receiving revelations for the entire church several members were deceived and wrongly influenced okay if you haven't read that that's in the doctrine and covenants just google hiram page right doctrine and covenants and you'll you'll hear the whole story you'll be able to read the whole story and it's extremely interesting again we look back with our 2020 vision and we we might judge some of these people harshly or you know critically these guys were rubbing shoulders with the prophet Joseph Smith. These guys were they how do you say it the This was a different generation. This generation knew their Bible. okay They didn't have t v They didn't have radio even. they didn't have phones. These guys were extremely religious. And they knew their stuff. They they were in the Bible all the time, right? These guys were strong people and they were deceived. They were deceived. You know what I mean? Now luckily Hiram Page was a good guy and he took the he took the um the admonitions of the prophet where he says, Hey, that's not of God, you know but read that story if you've got time that it's it's very very interesting and it we need to be on guard we need to be on guard in response the lord revealed that no one shall be appointed to receive commandments and revelations in this church excepting my servant joseph smith until i shall appoint another in his stead okay that right there is a big statement, right? The Lord, and we have said this before, guys, the Lord takes ownership and has stewardship over his church, over his flock, right? There are many people nowadays who have left our church or who are striving to leave the church or who are keeping their membership on the records on the books in order to gain the trust of their fellow members us their brothers and sisters in order to more easily move them away from the brethren to move them away from the prophet to move them away from ultimately christ and it's 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 weird isn't it It, it's very weird I've even heard the, a, a quote saying we can do more damage from within than we than we can from outside, right? It's a movement and it's growing. It's growing in popularity amongst many strong LDS people who at one time were strong. Even to the point where they are like, well, you know, heck, if I get X'd, you know what I mean, i I know what's right, and I know what's wrong, and if they're going to X me over that, then you know, that's their problem. Man, interesting times that we live in, isn't it? <laughs> Very interesting times. Um, Continuing on. In response, the Lord revealed that no one shall be appointed to receive... I'm going to read this again. ...to receive commandments and revelations in this church, excepting my servant Joseph Smith, okay, a.k.a. the current prophet, unto... Until I shall appoint another in his stead until the next senior apostle is appointed and receives the blessing of Christ, right? I just want to stress that there has been an unbroken line of authority going back from Joseph Smith to the current prophet Russell M. Nelson. and that is not something to trodden under your feet. That are those are, are pearls that i hope we are taking as extraordinarily extraordinarily um precious pearls of great price right these are these these men who are just men it is the power behind them that gives them credence and that should give us pause and the uh, the the fact that they are receiving revelation from the great Jehovah, right? I could just, I know I hammer this home all the time, guys, but we live in interesting times. The Lord owns his church. The Lord has stewardship over his church, right? He is leading. He is directing. Continuing on. Doctrine, commandments, and revelations for the church are the prerogative of the living prophet who receives them from the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the prophet's runway. I highlighted that. Okay, I highlighted that. If you are receiving messages contrary to that, brothers and sisters, you are being deceived. Someone's trying to to deceive you. Years ago, I received a phone call from an individual. Okay, pause. I'm sorry. I love this story. I love this story because it perfectly illustrates a feeling that I have had and that I have actually um, done similar <laughs> in the past, and it's just it's one of those things that is is just it's it's fantastic. A- allow me here to, to to go into this. Years ago, I received a phone call from an individual who had been arrested for trespassing. I'm sure that was a a fun phone call. He told me it had been revealed to him that additional scripture was buried under the ground floor of a building he tried to enter. He claimed that once he obtained the additional scripture, he knew he would receive the gift of translation, bring forth new scripture, and shape the doctrine and direction of the church. I told him he was mistaken, and he implored me to pray about it. I told him I would not. I love that. I highlighted that. He became verbally abusive and ended the phone call. It's it's funny how that becomes a a tactic, right? Where they're like, "Well, pray about it." You know what I'm saying? Pray about pray about uh this or that, right? Things that have been already revealed to you. By the Spirit, things that have been revealed through the Scriptures, okay. It's one of those things, especially when it's obvious. Now, this is very obvious. This is very obvious, okay. But the the principle remains, and he kind of illustrates that going forward. That there are certain things you don't need to pray about, okay. It's it's obvious, okay. Well, pray about uh, reading this witchcraft book. Well, well, you know, pray about uh, worshiping Satan instead. Okay, I'm throwing out some really easy ones, but you get the idea. Okay, you you don't need to pray about stuff like that. It's already been revealed. I did not need to pray about this request for one simple but profound reason. Only the prophet receives revelation for the church. It would be contrary to the economy of God for others to receive such revelation which belongs on the prophet's runway. Again, we are watching stuff like this happen. People are getting really into, and I understand it, I understand it. People are getting so into the last days stuff and into the, uh, the doom porn. (laughs) That's, that's what people call it. I, I don't know what a, a better phrase for it. I'm not trying to be crass or anything like that, but they get into the doom and gloom stuff, and you know the the sky is falling stuff, and you know they they um they read books from people. Um, there's a lot of them out there. There's a, I'm thinking about naming some of the books, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But there's a lot of these books are built around this whole thing of society collapsing and about what the church is going to happen and they, they and they have these revelations right. They have these revelations about what it's going to be like and stuff and the the spirit reveals these incredible things to them. Okay, let's. Now I'm not I'm not a great mathematician, but I appreciate math. I really do. Now that I've gotten older. I love math, and math is one of those things that lets me know that there is a God, 110%. If we take what we know about the runway, right, and we know that that type of stuff is in the purview of the prophet, that's his runway. Now you take somebody else who is a nobody, just like me, just some dork here with a microphone, right? And... It's funny because if I were to start saying stuff like that, let's just say I started making stuff up, okay, and I just happened, I just so happened to be consistent, my views would go through the roof on this channel. I would get a following like that. And that's kind of freaky to think about, but that type of sensationalism and stuff, some people are so hungry for it and what's sad is that they they should know where to turn to find answers to a lot of those questions and to it's like the jews you know at the time of christ how they were they were wanting all of this hard to understand stuff that you know what i mean that was beyond the mark and stuff and i think uh, elder Renlund even goes into that later in his talk but it's like guys we should be focusing on what the prophet is telling us because if we are we should be there he's saying some stuff okay elder renland he's saying some stuff in here okay there's stuff being said that we aren't hearing because we don't have ears to hear okay we need to pay attention to the person who has the the runway to guide us to lead us and guide us and and give us a lot of these a lot of these messages from from Christ okay Personal revelation rightly belongs to individuals. You can receive revelation, for example, about where to live, what career path to follow, or whom to marry. Church leaders may teach doctrine and share inspired counsel, but the responsibility for these decisions rests with you. That is your revelation to receive. That is your runway. A third element, K okay, number three of the of the framework is that personal revelation will be in harmony with the commandments of God and the covenants we have made with him consider a prayer that goes something like this heavenly father church services are boring <laughs> i love that May I worship thee on the Sabbath in the mountains or on the beach? May I be excused from going to church and partaking of the sacrament, but still have the promised blessings of keeping the Sabbath day holy? That's a loaded prayer, isn't it? (laughs) In response to such a prayer, we can anticipate God's response. My child, I have already revealed my will regarding the Sabbath day. Okay, that's powerful. Numbers chapter 3, check that out. When we ask for revelation about something for which God has already given clear direction, we open ourselves up to misinterpreting our feelings and hearing what we want to hear. Pause, 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 pause. Let me read that one more time. When we ask for revelation about something for which God has already given clear direction, clear direction, we open ourselves up to misinterpreting our feelings and hearing what we want to hear. Okay, this is happening right now, guys. It's happening right now. A man once told me about his struggles to stabilize his family's financial situation. He had the idea to embezzle funds as a solution, prayed about it, and felt he had received affirmative revelation to do so. I knew he had been deceived because he sought revelation contrary to a commandment of God. The prophet Joseph Smith warned, Nothing is a greater injury to the children of men than to be under the influence of a false spirit when they think they have the Spirit of God. Okay. Now, that should be pretty obvious, that should be very, very, it should be very, very much a a common sense issue, however, to think that we are above, I wrote this down in my notes, to think that we are above this is to open yourself up to deception. In the tag team match of life, we are outmatched by ourselves. we, We need to tag in the Savior in situations that arise. It's one of those things. And this is something that I... I'm being careful about how I word this here, but... If you don't have a testimony of the prophet about the church, about the Book of Mormon, about about the pillars, right? Then when you approach the Lord in prayer and you say, hey, uh, Brigham Young has asked that, or or rather said, I I doubt he asked, I think it was more of a proclamation. Hey, we need to go out to... uh, Outside of the United States, we need to go west outside the United States to this desert in a place where there's a bunch of uh nothing uh I believe it's Mexico actually at that at that time. We need to go out there and we need to set up Zion out there right Well, I thought Joseph Smith said that that Missouri was the place, right. You can see how this gets a little bit... If you don't have a testimony, if you don't have a testimony, brothers and sisters, of the mantle of the prophet, if you don't have a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ as revealed to the next in line, right? It's extraordinarily easy to be deceived. Okay, you can look at... uh, the RLDS Church that was set up. I mean, Emma Smith helped set that up, guys. Right? It's it's. I'm not throwing shade on Emma or anything like that, right? I'm just saying, it's extremely easy to be deceived. Way easier than we would think. Okay. And we need to have. We need to have a testimony, and as President Kimball uh, would say, he said, "A test, a test is te- a test is coming." Right, the the time is coming where you where you can't live on borrowed light. Okay. Think about the the parable of the ten virgins. There, that's that's a reference. That's a direct call out. A lot of people miss that. But, if you don't have your own light, you will be deceived in the coming days. You will be deceived. Okay? And I'm just going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that there. Yeah, I'm going to leave that there. You can see how... people don't even recognize, I think a lot of people will lay it at the feet of themselves when I think that we are experiencing the fact that there are false spirits out there who can put things into your mind that did not originate there, that originated, it's basically like a dark, a dark, uh, a dark deceptive revelation, right, an idea that's not yours, That gets put into your head and that you can easily mistake that for revelation from God. And, I mean, even Lucifer, he's able to appear as an angel of light and he deceived the children of Adam and Eve. If you haven't read that story, check it out. Very interesting, okay? This stuff happens, okay? This stuff happens. It is why we have some of this stuff spelled out for us some of these foundational things, okay, prophets, apostles, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, that is valuable beyond measure because of the danger that exists, the very real, uh, ever-present danger of evil, false spirits that can get people thinking that they are receiving revelation, and then they start getting, they get out of their lane, and they start getting congregations, and they start getting followers, and pretty soon you got a bunch of uh, people who were exed, right? People who were into all sorts of weird stuff. Continuing on, some might point out that Nephi violated a commandment when he slew Laban. However, this exception does not negate the rule. Okay, highlight that. This exception does not negate the rule. The rule that personal revelation will be in harmony with God's commandments no simple explanation of this episode is completely satisfactory but let me highlight some aspects the episode did not begin with Nephi asking if he could slay Laban okay that's an interesting that's an interesting point and a and a very important one as well it was not something he wanted to do killing Laban was not for Nephi's personal benefit but to provide scripture to a future nation and a covenant people and Nephi was sure that it was revelation. In fact, in this case, it was a commandment from God. Okay. Now, side note. Okay. Side note. The word that they, that they use here for the, um, thou shalt not kill. Okay. A more correct translation of that would be thou shalt not murder. Okay. And I'm not arguing this in Nephi's case. I'm arguing this in the case of the Ten Commandments, okay? Because a lot of people will will get this mixed up. We know that God commanded the children of Israel to go out and to slay a, like whole groups of people down to their animals, okay? God is not contradicting himself. That's not what's happening here, okay? Especially when, in in the case of, of war and battle and stuff like that, right? Um, especially in the Nephites' case of of defensive, uh, you know, turtling up and having a defensive strategy, defending themselves even into bloodshed, right? There are uh, circumstances such as those where you will be required to take life when you are pushed against a wall and it is your duty to defend your wife, your children, your family, your country, right? Going back to the Ten Commandments, it, doesn't, it is not meant to say the Hebrew word that they used there, okay? It is not meant to be that you shall not take life. It is, it's different. It's, a more correct translation would be thou shalt not murder, Okay? we're getting more of a tie-in into a Gadianton type of thing, right? It, it's different, okay? It's very much a different thing, and I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I want to impress that upon your minds, that, and maybe even do some study on your own into that, but there are exceptions, as Elder Renland is pointing out here, there are exceptions to the rule. The rule is thou shalt not murder, right? That's the rule. Too often in society today, we are seeing exceptions being made to overrule the rules, right? The case of abortion is a big one, okay? It, it's just one of the... And I'm not I'm trying to get into a hot topic issue here, but life is sacred regardless of how that life was put there, okay? It's one of those things. It is a, a objective, constant fact that life is precious... And that there is a a little spirit sent there from the pre mortal world to to inhabit that body, and that killing that body, you know, it, it, it's murder. It is. It's it's just how it is. And like I say, I'm not trying to get into a hot topic issue here, but we see that in order to overcome, because the rule should be that you don't kill unborn children in the womb full stop that should be that should be the rule but there are instances of course with incest and rape that need to be accounted for taken into account right that doesn't mean that we need to negate the rule okay it's it's just how it is you, you can't negate the rule but we're seeing today that argument being made to negate the rule, using the exception, right? It's it's very clever, it's very clever, and it's very very common right now. Um, I I just wanted to impress that upon your minds to look into that a little bit. It's fascinating study, a fascinating study. Okay. Going back to to Elder Renlund's talk. In fact, in this case, it was a commandment from God, okay? God he could see, he, he sees the future, He knows what's going to happen. He knows that Laban was given a couple of chances here. okay And I think if we turn our perspective glasses on to a different shade, we can see that God was giving Laban a chance. Even to the point of increasing his wealth for a, a time. I mean, you stay in Jerusalem, you're doomed. Babylon's coming, right? But, but even still, he was given the chance to do the right thing, even to increasing his gain, his financial gain. But, but in the end, okay, Nephi wasn't going to go seek out Laban's life. God had to put him at his feet and say, slay him. Okay. It's the only way that you're going to get the brass plates and your an entire nation of people need to have the commandments. They need to know about Moses. They need to know about the law of Moses and how to serve me until I come and visit them and give them the more uh the fullness of the law, right? Until everything the law of Moses is fulfilled and we give you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. We need to think about this stuff. We need to think about this stuff, okay? The fourth element of the framework is to recognize what God has already revealed to you personally while being open to further revelation from Him. If God has answered a question and the circumstances have not changed, why would we expect the answer to be different? Important, 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 brothers and sisters, Joseph Smith stumbled into this problematic scenario in 1828. The first portion of the Book of Mormon had been translated. When Martin Harris, a benefactor and early scribe, asked Joseph for permission to take the translated pages and show them to his wife, unsure of what to do, Joseph prayed for guidance. The Lord told him not to let Martin take the pages. Martin requested that Joseph ask God again. Okay, red flag, red flag. Joseph did so, and the answer was not surprisingly the same. But Martin begged Joseph to ask a third time, and Joseph did so. This time God did not say no. Instead, it was was as though God said, Joseph, you know how I feel about this, but you have your agency to choose. Feeling himself relieved of the constraint... Joseph decided to allow Martin to take the 116 manuscript pages and show them to a few family members. The translated pages were lost and never recovered. The Lord severely rebuked Joseph. Joseph learned, as the Book of Mormon prophet Jacob taught, Seek not to counsel the Lord, but to take counsel from his hand, for he counseleth in wisdom. Jacob cautioned that unfortunate things would happen when we ask for things we should not. He foretold that the people in Jerusalem would seek for things that they could not understand, look beyond the mark, and completely overlook the Savior of the world. They stumbled because they asked for things they would not and could not understand. Okay. And I've mentioned this before. When Christ came, this is sad to even say, but when Christ came, there was one person in his own nation who was looking for him, right? There was one person, and he didn't find him till a little bit later on, okay? And I'm blanking on his name, but he, you know, he was promised that he would see the Messiah, before he died, before his life ended, and he was able to see the Messiah the king right that's one person an entire nation. the people that were seeking for him okay those who were um the the wise men we call them the wise men they're known as the magi right a lot of people will there's some really strong evidence that say that these guys were people who were um basically look like philosophical or gospel descendants of Daniel, right? Who were looking forward and were looking at the signs and who recognized that sign, that star in the sky as being something that heralded the the um birth of the of the anointed one, of the, the Messiah, right? Of the Son of God, and that they traveled a great length and for many years to find him they were foreigners okay they were foreigners these were not jews the the wise men were not jews and it it does it makes you feel bad <laughs> when you when you step back and look at it that way you know the jews had gotten so so into what i would point to as being analogous to what a lot of the members of the church now are getting into a lot of these these the the fear porn a lot of the a lot of the doom and gloom stuff a lot of the last days stuff right a lot of this you know i'm not saying it's bad to speculate i'm not saying it's bad to ponder or anything like that but when we start to ...surplant gospel truth with things that we can't even prove or know... ...that is a slippery slope that will lead us straight down to hell. It really will. And we're watching that happen today. We're watching it happen today. And you can look at the environment... ...you can look at the situation of the Savior's birth... ...at being direct evidence... That that can be a cancerous thing. And that will keep people from recognizing the Savior. Okay? These guys had access to some seriously cool scripture. Isaiah alone. Isaiah alone. Okay? They should have been looking for him. And King Herod... He even says, guys... You know he he has his his uh, uh Jewish scholars looking into this thing too, and he's saying, "Hey, find out where this kid's gonna be born so that we can slay him right Incredible stuff to consider incredible stuff to consider. We need to be careful to not fall into the same trap because we are brothers and sisters we are okay i Alan has a feeling." that we are going to shed church membership and that we are going to be sifted that it's 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 happening right now I think is a a no-brainer but I think that we're going to really see this pick up the 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 Lord is going to allow his people to sift themselves and that the chaff is going to be discarded from the wheat okay and the situations that I'm explaining to you with people who are coming up with these fantastical, you know, end times revelations, and they're writing books about them. That is a very, very dangerous place to exist in. Okay, and I, I have, I, I've been in those places too. Just a couple of years ago, I was in those places, and I was looking around. I was considering a lot of this stuff. And i I don't know all of them if their intent is is malicious or not, but there is a a pathway, just like Elder Renland is saying, there's a framework, there's a runway for a plane. I'm sticking to the one where the prophet is um is in, and I am receiving my directions from the mouthpiece, and I am not looking too hard. Nor too seriously, at any of these other things, that that you can get really caught up in. Example, okay. And I'm I'm not trying to to beat a dead horse here, but example. Has anybody been paying attention to the all the UFO stuff that's happened over the last couple of years? There's a lot of members of the church that are talking about that stuff and that are applying it to all sorts of different things. Lost ten tribes, uh, city of Enoch, okay. Guys, can we prove any of that? Is there really any scriptural basis behind a lot of that stuff? Some could argue, maybe. Okay, Has the prophet said anything about it? Then we can't hang our hat on it, and we need to be extraordinarily careful with how we proceed with stuff like that. It's very easy to lose hours and hours and hours studying that stuff, yet we won't dive into a general conference talk that tells us about the framework for personal revelation. Do you see what I'm saying here? I'm not trying to be, you know, to disparage anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad because I've been down that rabbit hole too. I've been down that road and I'm figuring some things out. Okay, this being one of them, that th- this is where we need to be concentrated is in these talks that are given to us from general conference. We need to understand what's being said. That's that's where our effort needs to lie. Okay, very easy to be deceived when you just start to accept things on what you want to be true. Okay, and I've I've beaten that dead horse to death. Let's continue on. If we have received personal revelation for our situation and the circumstances have not changed, God has already answered our question. Okay? This is basic stuff. For example, we, we sometimes ask repeatedly for reassurance that we have been forgiven. If we have repented, been filled with joy and peace of conscience, and received a remission of our sins, we do not need to ask again, but can trust the answer God has already given even as we trust well here pause I'm sorry I'm pausing a lot guys I know I'm I'm long-winded tonight as you read this stuff I hope you're looking at all of the um the footnotes okay there's scriptures there that will back up everything that he's saying he's not just coming up with this stuff okay it gives you a little window into the preparation uh for these talks because you see that he's not he's not just basing He's not coming up with this stuff off the cuff, okay? He's got scriptural backing for everything that he's saying here. And it's really cool to see it happen when these talks come to come to us on churchofjesuschrist.org. And we can look at them, we can dissect them. It gives us layers, layers to dive into here, okay? So, don't sleep on this stuff, guys. This is important, okay? even as we trust god's prior answers we need to be open to further personal revelation after all few of life's destinations are reached via a non-stop flight okay he's just he's hitting he keeps hitting that that metaphor we should recognize that personal revelation may be received line upon line and precept upon precept that revealed direction can be and frequently is incremental okay Do we not belong to a living, breathing church, brothers and sisters? Okay. Do things change from time to time, especially under President Nelson's leadership? Yes. Yes, they do. We need to be open to that, okay? Uh, Continuing on the elements of the framework for personal revelation are overlapping and mutually reinforcing. Okay, mutually reinforcing. But within that framework, the Holy Ghost can and will reveal everything we need to soar onto the mountain. Momentum on the covenant path. Thus we can be blessed by the power of Jesus Christ to become what Heavenly Father wants us to be. I invite you to have the confidence to claim personal revelation for yourself, understanding what God has revealed consistent with the Scriptures and the commandments He has given through His appointed prophets and within your own purview and agency. I know that the Holy Ghost can and will show you all things that you should do. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. This is another chef's kiss, brothers and sisters. And I say it again. I say it again. You know, we... We spend our time researching things like like location of Kolob, right? There, there's a book called The Kolob Theorem. It's fascinating. Hardly any of it, like ninety 95% of it. Nothing you can prove. Nothing that really has any 100% backup. It's an LDS guy's perspective, okay? It doesn't mean really anything. You can spend hours... Going down this stuff, it's the good, better, best, right? I'm not saying that that is... Sorry, I'm switching positions here. I've been in the same position for a while. It's the good, better, best, right? Just because something is good doesn't mean it's it's the best thing for us to be spending our time on. What, what the great Jehovah wants us to know, is being revealed to us every six months, and then we got time to dissect this stuff, right? Luckily, we have time to dissect this stuff. When the Savior came to America with the uh, survivors of the Nephite and, and Lamanite nation. He would tell them stuff, and, and eventually their eyes started to, to glaze over a little bit, right? And he was like, "Hey, I perceive that you guys are not picking up what I'm putting down. You need to go home, chill out, and you need to ponder about the things that I've told you so far, and then we'll try again tomorrow, right? I I I don't imagine... That when Christ was basically giving these guys a, a general conference session in person, that anybody was off to the side uh, studying the scriptures, trying to figure out something that had nothing to do with what they were talking about, right? Yet, how many of us are doing that today? How many of us are doing that today? And maybe I need to make that into just a something that's on my heart. You know, part of a a different kind of podcast, but we need to understand, brothers and sisters, I implore you, I I beg of you, please, we need to understand and to listen to what the foundation is telling us. We need to understand the messages of General Conference. The theme of General Conference. It is of the utmost importance in these last days of the last days that we are prepared for the hardships that are ahead. Okay. I don't know what those hardships look like. I don't know. I have access to the same scriptures, to the same words of the prophets as you do. Something that I think I have come to accept and something that I have discovered recently is that things never happen as you think they will. We need to stand ready... We need to understand what is being said at the pulpit every six months Um, in the ensign, right? There is so much material there, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Yet how many of us are even trying to taste the water that's coming out from there? We're over here at this other fire hose talking about something that has nothing to do... With, with our situation and what the prophet wants us to hear. And what Jesus Christ has said through his prophet, through his apostles. The messages that we are receiving in order to spiritually survive. He's tossing out pure gospel protein to us and we're off looking for some, some, uh, so, some grubs and some worms over here in a log. You know what I'm saying? They're cooking up a mountain man breakfast full of revelation over here at General Conference. And we're over here digging through rotten wood looking for grubs. Brothers and sisters, it is my prayer that we can hold on to the rod. It is my prayer that we can study and that we can teach our children, that we can have conversations with our family about what the prophet and apostles have, have revealed to us. And that we can be taught by the Holy Ghost how to best prepare for these last days of the last days and how to ready ourselves and how to hold our shields high in order to block the fiery darts of the adversary. I bear you my testimony that I know this church is true. I know that Joseph Smith was and is a prophet and the head of this dispensation and that in his absence the line of authority has not been broken but there has been a senior apostle who has taken his seat and who has received all the keys from the the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles And has taken up the mantle of prophet, even down to our current generation, with President Russell M. Nelson, that if we will listen to the inspired words of our prophet, if we give strict adherence to their words, as many of us have covenanted to do in the Holy Temple, That not only will we prepare ourselves and wash ourselves of the horrible sins of our generation but we will be able to hopefully open our mouths in support of the Savior as I like to think that I did and as I'm sure you like to think that you did in the pre-existence when the alternative plan was given by Lucifer, that we said, no, we don't even need to pray about that. We know that the, the, the plan of salvation and that the gospel, as given by Elohim, is to be had with a Savior through the law of sacrifice, and that Jehovah, our older brother, will be that great sacrifice. And that though many of us will not return to the presence of the Father, there will be some who will, and we will all inherit a kingdom. And we will raise our voices in support of the gospel plan and in support of Jesus Christ. I love you guys. I'm grateful for you. And I ask the Lord to bless you. And I... Say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Redeemer. Amen.